everybody. Your natural dog with Angela Ardolino. And my guest today is Dr. Adam Chrisman. I found him on TikTok, believe it or not. And there's a lot of vets on TikTok, but gosh, I just love this dude. He is another one of those integrative veterinarians who's been in practice for eight over 18 years now and literally is all about empowering the pet parent. And you can do virtual with him. So if you're looking for an integrative vet, he is awesome. He loves to be able to help and figure things out. Um, We're going to have a wonderful conversation about fat dogs, obesity in dogs. Um, What are the dangers? What can we do? Why does it happen? And how we can still feed our dogs as much as we want, but that they're during certain times, it's certain food. And then if you do have an obese dog, what we can do to help them. So stay tuned. It's a great conversation with Dr. Adam Chrisman that you're really going to enjoy. And we're back with your natural dog with Angela Ardolino. And I've got my favorite TikTok vet in the house. Oh, which boy. I don't know if you know this. I've had you on before, like what? two years ago. But you, weren't, but you weren't a TikTok star then. And now you are. So it's really funny because I like I'm obsessed with you on TikTok. You're my favorite vet on there. Not only do you give us fun information, but you give us some really vital information that's helpful. So thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for like binge watching and enjoying the content. You bet. I always I'm always on your lives. And and of course, yeah, I'm one of those silly people that get excited when you go. Good question, Angela. And I'm like, yes, he's question. (laughs) So thank you, Dr. Adam Christman, for being with us today. I'd love to know how you ended up getting to this point where you saw TikTok. You know, I'm a woman of a certain age. I can't believe how much I love TikTok. I literally do not go on Facebook or Instagram anymore because TikTok is, I feel like I'm learning all the time. It's a little bit more positive. Yes. Uh, Well, how did you end up becoming the TikTok vet? I know. And I agree because I felt like Facebook was great to like to stay connected to your friends and, you know, sending thoughts and, you know, thinking of you when things happen. Instagram is like showing awesome like food and of course dogs and cats and animals. But then TikTok is where the party's at, you know, (laughs) it's where the party's at. So like the music's awesome. The vibe is cool. The community connections. And I felt like I can go to vet school just by going to TikTok, I felt like. So, yeah, and I've always, I was always big about learning and laughing at the same time. And this just really, for me at least, for my audience, it just seemed to be my sweet spot. And I wanted to seize that as an opportunity to really educate pet parents and colleagues around the world. Because as we know, when we were just so busy in the veterinary space, And so if we can put some pet parents' mind at ease, even when it's either through a video or through my daily live streams where I try to answer questions, I really feel that's a win. And I learn so much from other pet parents. And that's what I really, really want to get across with everybody on that on my channel is that it's a community. It's not just me lecturing and giving information. It's what I've learned and what I've gathered when, you know, I've learned about these hacks and I was like, well, I'm going to share them with you. So, and also when people chime in on the live stream, I'm always learning from pet parents. So it's just a fascinating community and I love it so much. Well, my listeners know that my favorite thing about a veterinarian is when they continue to learn continue to be empowered by what they learn and then sharing with pet parents. Because I think that we do have a a new pet parent, which is the educated one, the one one that's going to seek out people like you who is going to teach us to do things better. 
hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I say that to the new veterinary graduates that are out there too. And I say, you know, you're just beginning your journey, of course, and always learn and always be open to what pet parents have to offer. There's a new concept that we're learning in veterinary medicine, and it's called the listening to pet parents perspective. And so in other words, instead of me saying, Angela, we're going to do blood work on your dog, I would say, Angela, what are your thoughts about running some blood work on your dog? And that gets your buy-in, that gets your team effort, because at the end of the day, you're the one signing the check over to do you know, treatment. So I want you to make sure that you're aligned. And when you come to me and say, hey, Dr. Christman, I read this on the internet versus the veteran go, oh God, here we go. No, tell me what you've learned. I really want to be open to these things about integrative modalities, natural modalities, different types of way we're feeding our animals. Because listen, the science, the data, it's there. And I'm not going to know it all. So I really rely on my pet parents to help educate us together. Well, we appreciate that very much. And that's why I have you on the show. I know that we were talking about one of our favorite things that you do on TikTok is that you talk about the favorite breeds that every yes. you know that are out there and the statistics. I know what your favorite breed is. You can move your head and see behind right. you what your favorite breed is. Those are your babies. They're all Dutch and dogs. And right. I know we, we were going to talk about obesity. Of course. Yep. And I'm glad that you have these dogs because these are one of the dogs that we see the most along with pugs and the other little short stocky dogs um, having major weight problems. And I want to discuss why it's such a bigger deal on them than a bigger dog because of IVDD, which I think even educating pet parents before or I get a dog. And the fact that I now can get a certain dog, let's say I get a Cavalier or I get a French Bulldog or I get a Dachshund, I now can go out and find what those dogs may be more prone to as far as disease and problems, right? Exactly. That information's out there now. So we now can get a dog like a Dachshund and go, what do I need to do to prevent this from happening? Right. And that's where the research in um, is ev- everyone's learning as we go. And I, I can't stress the, the importance of uh, DNA testing as well, because because it's so important. So if you have a rescue, I said, let's see. And I mean, it's, you're curious to see what they might be mixed with, of course. But then also to our point, what are some predispositions that we need to be more proactive of, i.e. invest in pet insurance, too? Because if we know that we might have part docs and maybe we have IVDD. If we know we're going to have Labrador Retriever on board, maybe we got hips and some obesity issues. So I think it's a really great way to be more proactive than reactive, especially when it comes to obesity. And, you know, the statistic has not changed. And since 2019, so this is pre-COVID, 56% of dogs and 51% of cats are obese. That's more than half, you know? So, and what does that mean? Well, I mean, it's it's not one of those conversations where we say, oh, it's not, it's just about diet and exercise. We know now that the research shows, just like on the human side, some people are more prone to being overweight or obese, and the same goes for our animals. So when they walk into our clinics, we can't just be like, oh, that's totally an owner's failing. No, it's not. No, right. it's not. And and you hear the frustration. You know, I see it on their eyes. That like, Dr. Christmas, I'm trying really hard. I've cut back. They're still starving. What can we do? You know, and so I really talk about like a whole 
program that needs to go into place, you know? And I always say, we want to set you up for sex. Yes. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> you know, because like, I don't want them walking out the door to be like, oh my God, he yelled at me and there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. And, you know, we have to recognize that it's difficult, but the silver lining, the silver lining to this is that it's 100% reversible. And there's not many things in veterinary medicine that we can say that to. Diabetes, we can manage. Maybe we can, re, you know, get the, our cats um, regulated 100%. Cushion's disease, certain cancers, you know, certain things we can manage and do the best we can. But to reverse something, and we know that there's so many things that obesity can lead to, heart disease and joint disease, and the list goes on. I'm all in. And so that's why, like, I always get on my soapbox about this because we want to keep them as lean as possible. And to our point, we're just talking about dachshunds with intervertebral disc disease. They can really blow out a disc because of that weight. And I swear, I feel like dachshunds, as you can tell, I'm a huge doxaholic, right? <laughs> and I feel like they need another pair of legs right in the middle here. Just they the do. Whole night, right? Well, explain to the listener why these little dogs have more issues if they were to put weight on. I mean, I remember one of the best things that I ever heard was it was two parts, their nails being too long and the weight. I, I don't know if you know, I have shops, I have boarding grooming stores shops. Mm. So we see a lot of dogs. So I literally will see 70 dogs in one day. That's how busy we are. Holy smokes. And I got to see that I would say 85% of the dogs coming through that shop are suffering from something. And the right. majority of them are suffering from being overweight. And I cannot remember who put this in my mind, but they were like, imagine a pug or a Dotson that is 10 pounds overweight. That's like us being a hundred pounds overweight. And then their nails aren't trimmed. So they're literally walking in high heels with an extra a hundred pounds on them. Cause I, I, what I have learned, you know, now that I've been in the pet industry and, and had my rescue farm for 15 years now, what I feel like I've learned, the biggest lesson is that everything that we suffer from as humans, dogs suffer from also. Right. And it, the same kind of thing applies to how we fix the issues in our health is the same way how we fix our issues and our dog's health. But I love that you're being proactive because I have a Doberman that was diagnosed with osteosarcoma oh. at age eight, given four to six months to live. And what did I learn after the fact that one in four dogs, large breed dogs is going to get this bone cancer? So yeah. I immediately go, what can I do to help prevent that from ever happening? Um, so I love that you're doing that. One right. of the biggest things that I did was when I switched my dog's foods, so mm. I have a lot of dogs. I have a rescue. <laughs> <laughs> and I always tell everybody it was a literal shit show because, you know, I changed everyone's food, <laughs> yeah, I can just made the decision, changed it. That was the quickest way for me to get weight off um, right. was going from a kibble diet to a more fresh or raw feed, even if even if you were even if you're doing a little bit of both. Right. Um, how does kibble contribute? you know, the food that they're buying on the shelf contribute to it because I feel like they run out and they buy a diet or a weight management food and don't understand why that's not enough. Right. And it's not. And when, you know, when you read these and here in the United States, the AFCO labeled standards for it, it'll say that it's, you know, for 
ideally it's for intact sporting um, like active dogs. And most of our animals are either altered and not living a life where they're doing these running shows and so forth. So what's on the bag that you're reading is, is definitely higher than what would be recommended. And in fact, most veterinarians recommend a 50% reduction of what they're seeing on, on the food in general. And then when you look at the weight management diets, these OTC kinds of diets, it's literally going to try to do that. Just manage the weight, manage weight. It's not going to, they're not going to necessarily lose the weight. It's just going to maybe stay at an overweight weight of 45 pounds, let's just say. So that's where like therapeutic diets may come into play where a veterinarian may require, you know, prescription or you work with a nutritionist, whether it be raw food diets or home cooked diets to figure out ways to increase the fiber, a little bit of the protein, decrease a little bit on the fats and the carbs, and just to make something that's more balanced and complete so that way they can get some of that weight off of them. And the big thing too, Angela, is I always feel like that um, regardless of what kind of food you feed them, they want to feel full. And so when dogs and cats feel full, we feel happy, right? Because food is love, no matter what culture and what world you live in, I'm telling you. And so if we can find that that nice, happy medium, and I find that whether it be the raw foods or the home cooks or some of the therapeutic diets that are out there, if they feel that they're that they feel that satiety feeling, then I feel that that's a, that's a home run because the owners are not going to do too much of this and that with, in terms of treats. So that's part one. The other thing that I want to say too really quickly is that there are some really great interactive puzzle toys and scented toys that are out there that are zero calories. And so changing your mindset and our behavior as you know how our animals listen. My four weans, they go down that ramp, come back in just so they know they can get a cookie. So, you know, like they do it just so that way. But if we change the mindset, there's there's great toys out there that have scent technology that smell like beef and chicken. So they still have that fix on, but they're also working maybe in a puzzle or whatnot too, where you could put some really cool vegetables in there, make it fun and interactive, but they're also burning some calories at the same time. That's another great modality. That- I don't think people realize that that's exercise, yes, both mentally exercise. and physically. You give... Yeah. Um, I know not all dogs can can tolerate a raw bone or a, a beef trachea or something like that is going to wear like when I give my big dogs these and come back, they're panting because they have been working at that thing the <laughs> yeah, whole yeah. entire time. So yes. that's mental and physical stimulation, which I don't think people understand. I also want people to realize that, you know, I give treats all day. I mean, I only feed my dogs in the morning and treats throughout the day. I feed them in an eight hour period and fast them in a 16 hour period. I also fast them one day a week where I only give them bone broth or goat's milk. That's how severe I am, but I know everybody can't do those types of things. (laughs) I love that you're mentioning this. This is fantastic. So that's so, and trust me on that day that I fast them, they look at me like I am torturing them because dogs are creatures of habit. So if every morning we run into our crate to get our bowl of food and today we're just getting some soup, I get it. But I want people to understand is that most of the, if you're going to a grocery store, even a pet food store, the treats and the dog food aren't always the best options that you can get from that, from right. that store. So even just the treats that you're feeding them, oh, they should yeah. be one or two ingredients. That's right. it. None of these cookies, none of these, all these other things. So I can give my dogs treats all day long, but they are freeze dried liver, freeze dried hearts a, what I just said, a beef trachea, you know, a piece of skin or something like that. So I feel like that we have made it overcomplicated 
and or simple that we just think we pour it in a bowl and that bowl of food sits there every day. I remember that. I remember when my dog's food would sit there all day long. We called it free feeding. Yeah, yes. No, that means your dog doesn't like its food. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's so many other uh, options that are out there, too. There's now rotational feeding is another option. Ooh, what's that? So you can give a specific type of protein and a carbohydrate for X amount of days. So let's say you do it for one week, and then you switch out that carbohydrate and protein for another week. And the reason behind that, too, there's a lot of thought about the microbiome, the gut. And so, you know, replenishing the gut is going to replenish everything. I think of the the biome as like your nucleus, your core to everything in life. And so immune system, integument, skin, GI, all that stuff. And so if we're really feeding that gut in a healthy way by maybe rotating out some of those important carbohydrates and proteins appropriately, you can have a really healthy, long, you know, living dog and cat. And then also if you do it right in terms of trying to get that weight under control as, as well. So. And your experience as a vet, have you ever seen an obese dog that was on a raw or fresh diet? Um, I, you know, I have, it's not that often, I'll tell right. you that, you know, but I have seen them and it's either because um, if they're not doing- Low I activity. Was, yeah, I think it's a combination. So it, it boils down to uh, what I call spectrum of care. So if you're, if you're a senior um, client, pet parent, and you're doing raw food, but you're not doing the exercise component- there's a miss, you know what I mean? So it depends on the type. If you're a college student, you're so busy in school and you're not able to exercise them, but you're doing raw food, there's a little bit of a miss that's there too. And then if you're not balancing and completing it appropriately, there might be that opportunity. But, you know, that's like with any foods that are out there, I would say. But I don't see it, I don't know, I don't see it as... uh, as common because I feel like you're, when you're doing those kinds of foods, you're measuring appropriately, you know exactly what's going in their tummies or whatever. So, so there's a, a thought about that. Cause I actually, when I, I don't can't remember if I finished this thought, but when I switched all my dogs over to raw, I had trouble keeping weight on some of my very active dogs. So right. that was interesting of how I had to figure out how to get more weight on them. Yeah. One of them still that way is still the Doberman. The Doberman is still alive, by the way, 26 months later. Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm pretty sure we've broken all records. We amputated her leg at 22 months. So she had the leg, the tumor leg until then. And she's still alive. And we feed her a keto, very strict ketogenic diet. So she gets no carbs whatsoever. And the best part is that we did it all holistically. So we only used hemp, cannabis, both cannabis, both hemp and marijuana, Right. All the medicinal mushrooms you can imagine that have anti-cancer, anti-tumor uh, properties, and she's still with us. Uh, That's nominal. And every time we would we would go and see was there spread, so we still had no metastasis. I do think I might have metastasis now, which there is that. I don't know if you've ever heard. You get rid of the main tumor, and the yeah. cancer wants to go somewhere else. Uh, because all of a sudden she's act, she is now, let's see, we amputated March 16th. So we're two months, three months from the amputation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know food is medicine. Yes. Food, like what you said about the microbiome, that's where the immune system lives. And I don't think if I was doing something else with the diet and still doing all these holistic modalities, I would not have the success that I am having right. um, with her. So I want people to understand that. We, we have to take a quick break. When we come back, 
I want to talk about that. I also want to talk about maybe how do you detox or cleanse? How do you transition if you do are interested in switching foods? How you do that um, when we come back? If you're like us, your pets are part of the family. That's why at CBD Dog Health, we created a line of human-grade, full-spectrum hemp products tailored specifically to your furry friend's needs. Whether they're suffering from fear of fireworks, arthritis from old age, or even seizures and cancer, research shows that a high-quality CBD oil can make a big difference for them. Enter coupon code RADIO at CBDDogHealth.com for 15% off your first order. That's R-A-D-I-O. CBD Dog Health, healing naturally. And we're back with Dr. Adam Christman, and we're talking about fat dogs. <laughs> <laughs> fat dogs, and I think the best part about having an obese dog is like what you said, it's we can reverse this. It's yes. not um, something that we can't do ourselves. It just, I, I think that the biggest tip is what we would do for us is what we would do for our dogs. Right. So, Absolutely. What would be the first step? Like, even if they're considering, oh, I am feeding the kibble I'm getting off the shelf, maybe that's my biggest problem, or I am doing a weight management and that's my biggest problem. What are some other things that they can do to transition or help uh, food-wise? And then we'll go into more exercise and maybe cleanse. I know a cleanse, every time someone switches to a raw diet, I always tell them there's going to be a cleansing situation that's going to happen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I even take it one step back further because I want to make sure that my pet parents are aligned with me to know that and recognize that their dog or cat is overweight and obese. And there's a difference, you know, obesity is 20% over what their recommended uh, weight is. And so I I do a body condition score and I usually have something in the exam room where I send them some information and it's subjective because I use one through five. I know others can do one through nine, but three is ideal, four is overweight, and five is obese. And I said, I want you to look. Look at what I'm seeing. I need you to see because I need your buy-in is really what it is. I don't want them to walk out like, this guy's lying. Like, this, there's no way. So I want you to see, like, to see how there's no abdominal tuck and you can't see Which this Which I think people think that abdominal tuck means they're too skinny. All the time. <laughs> it makes me want to clench my pearls. I'm telling right. you. Because it's like, I hear all the time too. Oh my gosh, what your dog is so th- thin. Is something wrong? No. Yep. Hear it all we, the time. Right. Yeah. So making sure that we recognize that and then putting a, a plan in place like we talked about. And it's usually like, I treat it as if like I'm treating no other condition or skin or endocrine disease. Like we have a treatment plan. I want to recheck and I want to celebrate the wins. It's so important. Like if, if a chihuahua lost three ounces in a week, we're going to parade that dog around the hospital and celebrate. I love it. We need them to feel that emotion and even post about it, too, on our social media. Like, oh, my gosh, look who just lost. Paco just lost three ounces. I love it. So that's important. And then, yeah, so diet is a big thing, of course. We talk about feeding regimens. Sometimes we even delve into simple things. Like, I don't even know my significant other was feeding um, him at the same time. Like, I thought I did it before I left for work. But then he was doing it. So, like, making sure that you just set the expectation and clear and open-ended questions. Tell me what you're feeding here. And then this is the key, everyone, especially my veterinarians out there. You just use two words. What else? Because what that means is, and you just insert a pause because I'll be like, oh yeah, we do go through the drive-thru at Starbucks once a week for Puppuccino. Uh, you know, like it does like open things up a little bit more without anybody's like, you know, yelling or it. But when you 
a pet parent says it out loud, they realize, oh shoot, yeah, I do, I do do that. Oh yeah, they do get a little. We go through drive through McDonald's and they do get like a burger, you know, like so, you know, so anything else, anything else, okay. And this is what we're going to do moving forward, you know. And so I set them up with a coach, which is one of our vet techs, who's there and to have a voice of reason. And so even if it's somebody that we do virtual care and I love virtual care, anybody, please, if every, if I can shout that from the rooftops, I'm a huge fan of telemedicine. So am I, I didn't know uh, that we could get virtual care with you. That is amazing. I, and yes. I love that you called the vet tech a coach. That yes. is amazing. Yes. <laughs> because teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> <laughs> But now, because it's all about teamwork. But yeah, telemedicine is good because you know why? I can peel back the curtain and I can say, show me where the you keep the food. And I'm like, oh, see, that's not the food that we talked about. You know, show me what you're cooking up, what you're making in the kitchen so I can see what your meal preps are looking like for your dog or cat. Show me the stairs. Like, are we having a hard time going up and down those stairs? Where's the litter box? Is the litter box, does it have too big of a lip where they really are struggling to go in? And I love what you were just talking about, Angela, about, you know, the different types of food that we're feeding because... We're all about, and I hope my colleagues agree with me, but I'm all about integrative approaches all the way. So holistic, homeopathy, same thing. It's no different the way we treat pain. Right. You know, I wouldn't just send home a dog that's going to be on a medication. I'm going to do laser therapy, acupuncture, shockwave therapy, herbs. Awesome. We're going to throw it all at them. And so that's how we need to work up all of these. And same thing for obesity. So there's great things that are out there like herbs and homeopathy remedies that can absolutely curb their appetite a little bit more and make them feel full. So I don't know, in 2022, there's so many great things now that, that we talk about. We talk about medicinal mushrooms, by the way, as a way of helping with obesity, you know, because some of these dogs are living in an inflamed state because the adipocytes can also cause pro-inflammatory mediators. So what do we do? Well, we look at some uh, different types of medical mushrooms that can be helpful. We look about the CBD and the CBG is another big one that I like as well. And and they're terpenes. So there's like a lot of great things in the endocannabinoid system that we can use as a great arsenal for the treatment of obesity. I know. I love that you mentioned that. Um, <laughs> as you know, I'm a cannabis expert. So I love the yes. endocannabinoid system and how, you know, vets aren't taught about the endocannabinoid system. So anytime I get one that can spit it out and knows how it helps in the situation, why not? That's how I feel too. And then remember that mushrooms along with cannabis and some of these herbs are all belong to a group of plants and mushrooms called adaptogens. So when you do add more than one together, they become even more powerful and synergistic, which is literally my three things to keeping my Doberman alive was diet, mushrooms, and cannabis. So it's very important to take an integrative approach anytime because, right. you know, if you're going to a conventional um, veterinarian that hasn't and hasn't continued their education and they're just operating off of what they learned at school, they're operating with a very small, yes. small platform to treat your pet. So even which we love to do this. And I love that you do telehealth because even if you live somewhere where you can't get to a integrative vet, that you can still go get your blood work, your x-rays, everything, and then get on with someone like you yes. who will be able to to do everything. And thank you for doing that because oh, us pet parents, we are not settling for less. I will go. I used to. I mean, I've been to so many vets before I could find one that I could talk to. And my vet is not in is in Pennsylvania <laughs> and I'm in yeah. Florida. So <laughs> yes. that is very common. And I'm and I'm so grateful for all of you that do this for us. 
Right. We, t- we talk a lot about food energy. We know the importance of what food is. Like you were just saying, it's, it's just the foundation of everything. So, and we don't get a lot of it in veterinary school because we have so much to go through and jam through on large and small animals. So we talk about food energy. We talk about the integrative approach. Now I've learned more because I'm always sitting in continuing education and learning more. I'm learning about the entourage effect that the one plus one model really does work. Like you're talking about with the endocannabinoid system and throwing other things in play. And just going there, because listen, and I wish, uh, you know, if I could shout this from the rooftop too, we know that there's more great effects than side effects. Exactly. So, right. So why not try it? Why not try it? Well, the side effects are all good. Yes, they are the good (laughs) things too. And so, and again, you know, I know we're talking about the obese dog and cat here, because think about all those things, like they're just living in that inflamed state. So if we can do these other modalities while we're getting the weight off of them, and then they can, we can take them off of certain, you know, herbs and remedies, of course, but it's going to help in the long run. So that way, obviously, at the end of the day, we want our animals to live longer. And that's what it's all about. It is. And I think that the more holistic and integrative approach you can make, the more success you're going to have with whatever you're dealing with. But you're right. If your dog is obese, your dog is in an inflamed state and inflammation is the basis of all disease. So you're basically setting them up for getting a disease. And if you can get that weight under management, you know, managed and get them real fresh food, you're going to be able to really accomplish some incredible things. You know, I lost that. What set me on my journey is I lost my first dog at seven years old, you know, did everything that my convention did, got an autopsy and all they could find was irritable bowel. But guess Mm. what? I was doing everything wrong. So I now look at my, she was a miniature schnauzer. My sole dog now, Odie, my miniature schnauzer is about to turn 16. And I literally doubled his lifespan because of what I knew and what I learned. So I think educating a pet parent, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you doing that. How do our listeners get in touch with you if they do want to get a virtual with you? And if you want to find him, he's on TikTok. He's on uh, DVM 360, which is a vet site, but I go to all the time to learn what you guys are talking about and what the next thing is. (laughs) Absolutely. And I I really want to stress that really important. Since COVID, we've had a massive uptake of pet parents coming to our site, which we love and we're welcome them. They are welcome to the supper table at any of our webinars. You're all welcome to learn. Please take advantage of it. It's free. And if you can't make it, of course, you'll get a recording that'll be emailed to you. But I'm telling you, I like that you you mentioned that because please visit dvm360.com. We have so much great content that's there. Some of it might be higher level that like, oh, I don't understand what they're talking about. But there's really good stuff that you get a pulse on the profession, what culture is like, what are some of the pain points that are happening in veterinary medicine that that you'll probably have more empathy with your veterinarian understanding some of the struggles that the profession's going through every now and then. So, yeah, and I have a podcast too, the Vet, Bla- the Vet Blast podcast. I use my awesome. chest voice for that. I love it. <laughs> And then, of course, on TikTok, Dr. Adam Crispin 52, and then my website's getting revamped. It's a brand new one where we're going to have all those different areas where we can do consults. But DrAdamCrispin.com, so DrAdamCrispin.com is where it's at. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. You gave us valuable information, and I know you're going to get a lot of listeners calling you up or following you because you give wonderful information. Thank you so much for joining us today. My honor. Thank you. You bet. Thanks for listening. Make sure to rate, comment, subscribe, and share with your friends. And if you want your questions answered live, make sure to call in to 
877-457-4555. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and at AngelaArtolino.com. And remember, you can always sign up for a full holistic consultation at cbddoghealth.com slash consultations. Introducing MycoDog, an award-winning line of medicinal mushroom extracts combined with adaptogens like ashwagandha, astragalus root, and bacopa monieri made specifically for your pets. When it comes to mushrooms, sourcing really matters. Unlike other products on the market that are grown in China or elsewhere, the mushrooms in MycoDog tinctures are grown here in the United States to the highest quality standards. MycoDog offers three formulas designed to support senior dogs, as well as those suffering from dementia and canine cognitive disorder, breathing and respiratory issues, or autoimmune diseases and cancer. Use coupon code YNDPODCAST at mycodog.com for 10% off these fantastic fungi.